People around the world will do anything to lose weight, from eating loads of bananas to eating nothing but air. But are any of these diets worth your time? In the first of this two-part episode, I'm looking at three strange diets to determine the answer. Welcome to Planet Health. This is the pre-boarding announcement for better health, improved fitness, and easier weight loss. At this time, we're inviting those passengers who want to avoid fad diets, food restriction, and excessive exercise to make your way to the gate. Thank you for your attention. Hello and welcome to Planet Health. I'm Chris Cara, a fitness writer, nutrition coach, and when it comes to this podcast, something of a global explorer. In this podcast, I'm touring the globe in search of the best nutrition, movement, and well-being habits on Earth, and then helping you to implement them into your life. A big thank you to everyone who has subscribed or followed the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the other platforms. And a big hello to all my American listeners, too. I can see that the podcast has been growing in the United States, and I always love visiting America, so that makes me very happy to see. Now, after the last few episodes, I wanted to do another one of these where I look at multiple countries at once. They tend to be quite fun. So I've decided to jet off in search of the world's strangest diets. I found quite a few to talk about, so I'm going to do this episode in two parts. If you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, you'll know that I'm not a fan of the traditional diet, especially the crash diet or the fad diet. You know, whether it's an obscure diet or something more grounded in science like keto or Atkins, even calorie counting, I don't particularly think it's worthwhile for most people. Don't get me wrong, many of these diets do have their merit and people can lose weight by doing them. The problem is that when you reach a weight that you're happy with, you end the diet and then you feel lost and then you end up putting the weight back on. That's why I like to help you develop healthy habits that become part of your life because then you don't need to be on a diet, instead you simply have a diet. With all that said, let's see what the world can throw us in terms of diets. And we're going to start in France. And this is great because it gives me the opportunity to reuse this free accordion music that I found. Okay, there we are, enough of that. Now, France is actually a great place for healthy habits. If you've listened to one of my earliest episodes, you'll know that the habit of slow eating is very useful for weight loss. But today I have found the so-called air diet, and this was promoted in a French women's magazine. I won't mention the name, but it was one I had heard of before. As the name of the diet suggests, it involves eating nothing but air. And that's right, the free air that's circulating around you now, so at least you know it's a cheap diet. Apparently it goes like this. You cook what you like. Soup, burgers, pizza, chocolate ice cream, anything you like. Then you serve it. Sit down at the table, pick up a forkful of the food, smell it, and then put it back on the plate. And you don't actually eat the food you've made. I guess at the end of the meal, you then throw the food away. That, that wasn't actually clear. Apparently, doing this tricks your body into thinking it's been satiated with food. And trust me, this would not work with my body, and I doubt it would work with your body. To me, it just equates torture. Having all that food there, but not being able to eat it. So the air diet, does it work? Well, I think actually, yes, you probably would lose weight if you eat nothing but air. Last time I checked, air had no calories. But you don't need me to tell you that this is a dangerous diet. Not only are you going to have absolutely nowhere near the nutrients and energy you need to survive, let alone thrive, 
The diet can also cause both psychological and physiological problems, from eating disorders to fatigue. Oh, hang on, apparently you can actually eat something on this diet. It's called soup allure, and this is a soup that's, and that's soup in air quotes, made of water and salt, and I think I speak for everyone when I say whoopee. So, uh, the air diet, it's a big no from me. Yes, you'll lose weight, but you'll also probably lose your sanity. Ultimately, it's dangerous, so don't do it. Let's move on. Next, we head off to Spain for something that is slightly more sensible. It's called the sandwich diet. Now, I can't find a lot of evidence that this is actually from Spain, but I still think it's one worth talking about, so I'm going to include it anyway. And Spain, congratulations, I'm crediting it to you. Now, apparently there are two rules for this diet. Firstly, one of your daily meals must be replaced by a sandwich. And secondly, whatever you eat must fit between two pieces of bread. Now, apparently the anecdotal evidence is that people have lost up to five kilograms in a month on this diet. And I can see it working for some people. For example, if you eat three huge meals a day, each a thousand calories, and then you replace one of those meals with a little sandwich of 500 calories, then you're going to be reducing your overall calorie count by around 500 calories a day. Of course, over the week, that's a deficit of around 3,500 calories, which is around one pound of fat you'd lose over the week. So, the sandwich diet definitely makes some sense. However, I've had some pretty calorific sandwiches in the past, and I'm sure you have too, regardless of whether you're plant-based or you eat animal products. For example, I've talked about Portugal's Francesinha sandwich on this podcast in the past, and this sandwich is filled with meats, cheeses, fries, and gravy. Of course, that's not the kind of sandwich you want to be eating on this diet. Ultimately, I think if you're currently overeating at each meal, replacing one of those big meals with a relatively small sandwich may help you reduce your overall calorie intake for the day. And who knows, over time, you may well lose weight. Just be sensible with your sandwich choice, I guess. Go for lean protein and vegetables as the filling and choose a whole grain bread. And perhaps don't have it with a side of fries. I think that was actually one of the other rules I read, uh, that you can't have any sides with it. It had to just be the sandwich, which makes even more sense. Okay, so next we're going to go to Japan. And like France, our friends in Japan are usually incredibly sensible. They have some wonderful cultures and habits for healthy living. But it seems like some people like to resort to dieting. In this case, it's the morning banana diet. This was a diet that was popular in the country in around 2008 and was created by a Japanese pharmacist called Sumiko Watanabe. I hope I pronounced that right. As you know, I don't have a great uh, record of pronunciation on this show. Anyway, Sumiko developed the diet for her overweight husband, who apparently lost 37 pounds in weight, which is around two and a half stone. And she became quite famous because of this diet, because so many people tried it. In fact, Japan actually experienced a shortage of bananas for a short period of time when this diet was very popular. Now, the diet has some rules. Basically, for breakfast, you can eat unlimited bananas, along with room temperature water or milk. Then, after that, you can eat whatever you like for lunch and whatever you like for dinner. You can also eat bananas as snacks throughout the day. But, after 8pm, you cannot eat anything else and then you must go to sleep at midnight or before. 
Okay, let's break this down. Firstly, bananas are healthy. You didn't need me to tell you that. They're great for providing quick energy, so are actually a good breakfast choice. Bananas are a good source of soluble fiber, which can help you feel fuller and may help reduce blood cholesterol and blood sugar levels. They're also a very good source of vitamin C, copper, and potassium. So in the grand scheme of things, having a couple of bananas for breakfast is a good thing. Maybe with a glass of soy milk for protein, you know, you're then going to have some energy, feel satisfied and have some vital nutrients. So far, so good. The biggest issue that I see though is that the diet allows people to eat whatever they like for the following two meals. Now some people may use sense, but not everyone has sense. So some people may think, well, I had three bananas for breakfast, now I can have a big McDonald's for lunch, and then a family-sized pizza and ice cream for dinner. Obviously, that's not going to work in the long run. So perhaps if you use some common sense, maybe the morning banana diet can help you. But then again, if you use common sense, you don't need to use this kind of diet. You can just implement healthy habits such as eating slowly, walking, lifting weights, eating vegetables, that kind of thing. It's all the things we talk about on this podcast each week. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already have some of this common sense that you need. So the morning banana diet is more sensible than the other two, and you would probably lose some weight if you stuck to the rules and you didn't go mental with your lunch and dinner choices. Anyway, I think we're going to leave it there for now because I have another few diets that I want to talk about and we're going to do that with part two in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do subscribe and hear the next part as soon as it's released. Of course, let me know if you've tried any of these diets. Uh, you can get in touch with me via my website and I'm also on Twitter. My links are in the description. Anyway, that's all, so until next time, thanks for listening.